Stay on offense, combo nation. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode one, one, two. That's right, episode 112 of Combos Court, and I am combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. Also, check out our Patreon page if you'd like to support the podcast even further. You could become a Combos Court patron or get a Combo Statue membership where you could get access to exclusive Patreon-only Combos Court episodes. I'll put a link in the description for that. Today's show, Anthony Puccio joins in. Anthony is a reporter covering the Brooklyn Nets for SB Nation, Nets Daily, SNY TV, and more. You could follow Anthony on Twitter at APooch. That's A-P-O-O-C-H. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's Oni, T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Anthony Puccio, uh, welcome to Combos Court, man. How you feeling? Andrew, thanks for having me, bro. Anytime, anytime. Anthony covers the Brooklyn Nets for SB Nation, SNY, Nets Daily. Um, I'd like to how'd you get into it? How'd you get into covering the Nets? So, uh, look, I mean, I played and watched basketball my whole life. Was at Nets game since I was five years old. Um, wow. When I, uh, you know, I was that was actually the first year that kid was traded to the Nets and they made the championship. So, you know, as time went on and I was a senior in high school, um, I was losing my house. You know, my dad had lost his job. So I, I kind of, you know, I went through some hard times and, and figured, you know, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And, and I decided, you know, look, I'm I'm going to college soon. I might as well just start writing about these guys, you know, putting yeah. two, two passions of mine together, writing and the nets and basketball. So it um, started with a Microsoft Word document and, and I started sending my stuff around, you know, writing features, game recaps, whatever it might be. And, and after about a year, a year and a half, Tom Lorenzo, Bob Windrum of, of Nets Daily, they took me in, and I started getting season credentials at 18 years old. That's crazy. Years now. How, yeah, how old are you now, 25? 24, going on 25, so this is my seventh season with the team. Got you. So you were covering the Nets while you were at St. John's? Yes, sir. So you were traveling back and forth? Is that Yeah, so, so I was commuting to St. John's about – I made my schedule 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. I would come home back to Long Island. At 4 p.m., hop on the train, come home at 1 a.m. and rinse, repeat. There you go. <laughs> it's good to hear, man. You were working. You worked for it for sure. All right, sure. so let, let's let's get to present day. Well, we should talk about Jason Kidd, but we won't. I think Jason Kidd is super underrated, but we'll talk about uh, present day for now. Um, what does the Iman Shumpert signing mean for the Nets, and was there any consideration for Carmelo? I think that with Carmelo – you know, with him working out over the, with the team over the summer, you know, guys like Kyrie and Kevin Durant wanted him around, but I, I just don't think that Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson saw him much of a fit. Um, I, I, I think that they wanted to stay away from that mid-range, you know. Yeah. They're a very analytically sound basketball team run that way. Um, I think they would have rather given that spot to a younger guy. Now, this is me talking over the summer. 
They ended up giving it to David Nwaba. Um, but when you talk about Amon Shumpert, you know, this is somebody who Kyrie Irving has close connections with and actually recommended to Sean Marks when he, when he first got to Brooklyn. And you also have to look at Kenny Atkinson, who was an assistant coach with the Knicks when Amon Shumpert was, was over there. So I think that with Karras getting, you know, getting injured and being out for the next four to six weeks, I think that the Nets are looking for somebody that might be able to play both sides of the ball, maybe bring a little defensive intensity because they have been awful on that end. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you look at him, twenty nine years old, still in his prime years. Maybe, maybe they feel like they could turn something out of him while Karis Levert is out and and maybe beyond. Uh, you mentioned Kyrie. Um, is it fair to say Kyrie is hard to read? We've heard varying reports that he's a good teammate, that it's hard to play with him. Katie said he was a great teammate. What's your read on it, Andrew? So far, everything that I've heard with Kyrie from coaches, from players, from everybody in the Nets organization is really that they, they love him. Like, I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. Like, they just – they feel like he's a happier Kyrie back at home. His family feels the same way. It seems like he seems – he feels that same way. Um, me personally, you know, it's early season. You know, we've had five, six home games, so I haven't really gotten too much of a feel. But, yeah, he is, he is a little bit hard to read. There are times where – I mean, you just saying that you 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 just saying that you kind of don't have a feel on it shows that he's hard to read. Yeah, I mean, at least from my perspective, you know, everyone else close to him is saying that you know he's he's this great leader and everything. But from my perspective, yeah, he is he is most definitely hard to read. Um, You know, you see leadership qualities. Michael Grady on yes the other day discussed how you know in, in Spencer Dinwiddie's year to stop complaining to the refs to stop doing these type of things. So you hear about a lot of this stuff. You know, for me, I'm hearing a lot of it from the players, coaches, like I mentioned. But uh, up close, hearing him, it, it it is definitely it is definitely a challenge trying to read him. Yeah, that's a challenge. One thing isn't a challenge for you, I'm sure, is to watch him play. He's to me, Kyrie. You might not call him the greatest scorer ever, but to me, with the basketball in his hands, I don't think anybody has had more options with the basketball than Kyrie. Like, it's just too easy for that guy. Yeah, I, I mean. Before the season even started, you know, speaking with some coaches, you know, I asked them, you know, are you nostalgic about, about, you know, last year's team? You know, you guys had a great yeah. team. You had fun. You know, you grew together, and like there is an astounding. But you know, let me tell you what, and you know, it was it was established right from the beginning. Like, hey, Kyrie can get wherever he wants. So, watching him these first ten games, uh, you know, he's one of three players in the NBA right now with Doncic and and. James Harden to score 20 plus points in nine of the first 10. Um, he's been just magnificent on the court. Um, yeah. 50 points in his debut, hit a game winner against the Knicks at, you know, one of his bar- first first games at Barclays Center. So it's been a lot of fun on that front. But I will say that getting him acclimated, bringing a superstar to Brooklyn that needs the ball in his hands has definitely been an adjustment for a team that's prided itself on really playing team ball and spreading the ball around. You know, he had 30 shots the other night. I can't remember the last net that took 30 shots. So while Kyrie has been great, he's been extremely fun to watch. Um, I've seen him do things that I've never seen before in, in a 10 game span, but there is this, this period where they have to adjust and, and, you know, he has to try and fit in the same way that they have to try and acclimate to his needs. So 
right now is, is the feeling out phase. And, and so far, you know, four and six, not bad, but not good, obviously. Man, I got to ask you this. Were you in the building when Lonzo tripped over himself twice? Yeah, I was. So, I mean, I, like, I've been, I played basketball a long time. I've been around basketball a long time. I've never seen anything like that. T-Mac was actually on ESPN <laughs> saying that, he, that that's happened to him before, which is kind of crazy. But do we ever get an explanation for what really happened with Lonzo on that play? I never heard anything. I mean, I never heard. He fell. He was out of the game, and that was that was the last I heard of Lonzo Ball that night. <laughs> I, I just never seen like really trip twice over nothing. Like, yeah, come to come hang out on Long Island on a weekend, you know, and then <laughs> to see some trip over nothing. <laughs> got you, got you. All right, so where's KD in his recovery process? Is he taking some jump shots? Is he is he running around a little bit? And is him saying that he's not coming back? Just the case of under-promising to overachieve, or you definitely think there's no way he'll come back this season? Yeah, so, I mean, you look, he's 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 taking set set jump shots from three right now. There was a video that came out the other day on Instagram of him at UCLA practice gym. Um, not too much movement, but he was sidestepping, moving a little bit more than we've seen in the past, taking three-point shots. Um, I wouldn't rule him out for the I mean I, I think that the Nets were doing some damage control because they got so much flack for the idea that the fact that this was even a, an idea that he can return late in the season but if you look at his recovery timeline you give him nine months that puts him around late February early March area um, yeah so you know Andrew I gotta tell you like that I would not I would not rule him out. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the year, but I think that this is all just chatter until, you know, come All-Star break, I think I think is when you're going to start hearing some murmurs about him maybe yeah. potentially coming back. And a lot of it depends where they're at, too. Yeah, when I heard his interview on ESPN, he put, like, little words in there that, like, kind of left the door open a little bit, you know? That's the big thing is that, you know, they never, like, Sean March even before the season, when they shut down those rumors, he said, we don't expect him to play, but he didn't say he's not going to play. You know, there's nothing that's definitive in what KD says and what Sean Mark says. And I think that's important to read, you know, that they're, they're not so set on anything on him, you know, like with, and it's, it goes beyond KD. They don't say anything about anybody definitively. They leave the door open because, you know, there's two things. Why rush players rehab process and why put pressure on them? So, um, to me, I think that he's coming back this year. I think that if you look at his timeline, March sounds about realistic. I just don't think that, you know, given given how the situation occur- occurred last year in Golden State, people don't really want to accept that. They think it's a stupid move, but, you know, only KD and the Nets doctors know what's best for him. And, and the Nets doctors have been his, you know, Dr. Uh, O'Malley has been his surgeon for the last five years, his last surgery and now his previous one. So, you know, I'm going to trust their doctors and I'm going to trust KD with this one. Right. I know you're not a Knicks guy. Uh, what is your thoughts on the David Fisdale situation? I mean, it really seems like at this point there's no way he'll be there the whole year. Do you see a scenario where he will be there the whole year? I know you're a Nets guy since uh, uh, AT, but it's it's not looking too good for Fizz. Yeah, no, I, you know, I still watch the Knicks basically yeah. every time they play. I follow them as much as I can and um, – I just I, I don't really understand what Scott Perry is is doing here. Like there there are reports that they're laying the groundwork to fire him. 
look, if you're going to do that, just fire the guy. Figure out who, you, you know, yeah. you can't have that leak out and, and just have this guy kind of sitting in limbo. Two years left on his deal. He's going to get paid no matter what, and we know he's not going to quit. So what good is it to leak anything about firing him? You know, that's something that they need to keep in-house. I don't see any possible way that he stays for the full season. As a matter of fact, I think, I think he might be gone by this weekend. You know, you hope for an organization like that that maybe they take the Nets route and hire a young coach that could develop young players because they do have a bit of a core. Mitch Robinson, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, you know, some guys that they could develop. You know, you hope that maybe they could they could take the patient route and not just make that splash higher. Yeah, that, that press conference was super weird too. I mean, they didn't even have to leak that he was getting fired. Uh, it kind of like, you know, that just showed what they were thinking at the moment right in front of him. Yeah, you know, I think just for the Knicks, they 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 set their their expectations very high, especially when they they first hired him. I think there was somewhat of a whisper in his ear, "Hey, you know, tank for a year, and and then we'll get the big dogs in here." And when they didn't get the big dogs, here they are with Julius Randle, you know, as their premier player. So yeah, you know, it's probably very, it's it's obviously very frustrating for both sides, but the way that they've handled it, it just I, I just it's so Knicks esque, without me being a hater or anything like that. It's no, so I mean I don't think you're being a hater. You're just brand. being honest. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it, it's so on brand. It's just, I mean, you know, when when are they going to learn from their mistakes? Like that was such a, like you said, such an awkward and bizarre press conference. For real, I've never seen anything like that before. Of uh, man, the Eastern Conference. I know this isn't even how the standings go, but. Who do you like coming out the East? I mean, I don't really see anybody outside of the Celts, Bucks, or Sixers really making it. I know those aren't the top three teams. But that's just my opinion. Um, who do you like coming? I mean, the Heat are showing a little bit of thunder, if you will. But uh, who do you like coming out of the East? Depends. Are we talking about Kevin Durant <laughs> being healthy? Oh, I mean, it's going to take him. It's, it's <laughs> going to take – no, but it's going to take him some time to get his feet under him. You see how it was with Gordon. You see yeah. how it was with Paul George. You see, I mean, that takes time. If a healthy Kevin Durant, no question, um, they could come out. A healthy Kyrie and KD, no question. Yeah, but even, you know, like you said, it, it takes time. And he's – even if he does come back, you know, I, I, I don't think that he'll be playing any any sort of significant minutes. That's another you know, thing. Kind of I don't, know, do I, I don't know if they'd want to bring him back if he's, like, on a minutes restriction. I don't know if he would want that. I don't yeah. think he would either. But at the same time, I think that he has to trust the Nets – and, and what they want to do, kind of like, again, what they did with Karis LeVert after he dislocated his leg last year. Um, so I think I think you would see him maybe come back in like 10 to 12-minute spurts, maybe 15 to 18, see that number go up. But coming out of the East, to answer your original question, that even with KD back, I don't think the Nets make it out of the East. Not not this year. Maybe next. I I, I think Philly. I think, I think they have – I think they have the toughest team. I want to say Milwaukee. I want to say Giannis, but dude. losing Brogdon was uh, that's not a good look for them. I don't think. I think they'll miss him. They definitely miss yeah. him. Yeah, and 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 I mean, they're still a great team, but yeah, it's just it's it's not it's not the same without him. Um, and Middleton Philly, is Middleton like hurt right now? They're gelling. He is. Yeah, yeah. He got hurt the other day. All right, Anthony. It seems like everybody's getting hurt, man. Yeah, I mean, load management, injuries, it's part of the game now, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The new 2019 NBA, right? Right, right. Anthony, thanks for being here. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you, man? 
Hey, man, find me at A Pooch on Twitter. That's daily. Freelance for SMY. Daily news sometimes. Um, I'm all over. Just Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Periscope. Just type in the word Pooch. A Pooch, like a dog. Gotcha. And you'll find me. Well, Pooch, man, thanks for being here. You're always welcome back. Hey, brother, thanks for having me on. Anytime. There it is. Episode 112 of Combos Court is in the books. Big shouts to Anthony for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combos Court. Check out the Combos Court Patreon page. Link will be in the description for that. Take a screenshot of this episode. Post it on your IG stories. Tag me at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout. For episode 113, Combo out.